Welcome to the Success ID podcast, a podcast inviting leading thinkers, practitioners and contrarians to discuss ways to lead yourself and others successfully. I'm Dr. Glenn Wallace and on this week's show, David Pilbeam and I review the podcast from August, including the new format for Leadership as Success. We spend time looking at the brilliant episode of Dr. Roshan Roder for his exploration on the topic, Clarifying Your Niche as Success. We hope you really enjoy today's show. So uh, here we are then, Glenn, with our August uh, mashup. Um, and uh, h- how's August been for you? Really good, thank you. Yeah, um, managed to get away um, a little bit for a family holiday, which was fantastic. So coming back sort of feeling refreshed. Um, I think lots of listeners have probably um, been the same. But I think one of the things to remember, which I'm always blown away by, is that you know we do genuinely have listeners from all around the world. And there'll be people who are currently in the middle of their winter. Um, yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah. coming into spring. So need to remember that. So for, for those of you who are experiencing that kind of weather pattern at now and that those kind of things <laughs> now I hope that you're heading towards spring and you're beginning to see some light at the end of that tunnel but uh here in the UK it's been a bit of a mixed summer I think weather-wise isn't it but it's um it's been beautiful days and really hot sometimes and then it's been quite wet at other times but uh yeah no good good and, and some a couple of lovely podcasts we've already had some nice feedback from people on so yeah cool how about you yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. We, you know, with you, you know, really enjoyed the summer, and and yeah, we do need to be mindful, don't we? That it's it's probably only the silly season uh, uh, in in the UK and everywhere else. It's um, there's there's lots of real work going on uh, rather than lots of holidays. Yeah, um, although in the UK at the moment we have a silly season for a completely different reason, right? But let's not start that because I don't think if we mention Brexit, we'll ever get off the topic. So let's move. No, on. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we do a Brexit podcast at, at some point, but but not today. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you've you've uh, so what are we reviewing this month? We're talking about you had a great conversation with Roshan Roder on yep. finding your niche as success, and then you did something different. You had a leadership as success podcast with a different flavour. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, I think um, because as listeners will know, we you know we're doing a weekly podcast and and you know we do get um some interaction on social media from people sort of saying really like that or uh, might ask a question through social media but we've we also run the success id monthly live events so that's a webinar one month followed by a live event in london the next and then they alternate webinar live event and you were kind enough to, to run a fantastic session for us uh, not too long ago and those sessions also prompt questions about Mm. leadership Mm. and so um i was just reflecting on if we wanted just to do something and test the water and try something a little bit different um you know what would a podcast look like where we were collating those questions perhaps lumping them together into some themes and 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 sort of answering a sort of more technical question if you like um Mm. around leadership based on questions that audiences of different types were were asking so um that you know had already had a couple of people say to me this week that they really like that because it also gave some clear direct feedback um yeah and some very clear yeah. direct advice so that was really cool yeah and, and in many ways that mirrors does it not you know the way we presented uh, uh the, the book that we we co-authored lead a leader id you know this idea of actually we'll float some principles and some philosophy but we'll support that with some sort of very direct you know some things to try to things to go away and do 
it kind of supports that same sort of methodology, doesn't it? And, and I, I think it's perhaps not surprising when, when people get to know you and I that, you know, both of us are sort of deep, deeply, um, I was going to use the word passionate, but, but I think deeply interested and committed to practice, right? Mm. So whilst, whilst we both get theory, um, you know, sufficiently deeply too, but we're, we're both practitioners really. So mm. what we want to do is be able to work with listeners um, and audiences and give them value through mm. practical advice and practical help. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, cool, cool. Good. Um, so, Roshan, yeah. finding your need as success. So, how was that? A fascinating conversation. How was it like, uh, what was it like to be in the conversation? Yeah, he's such a lovely guy. I've known Rosh for um, probably, I think it's coming up for six years, I think, um, mm. and seen him, you know, start university, go through the five years of his uh, time there, and then this first year that he's just now finished um, for the first year of his uh, sort of medical practice. Mm. And, you know, he's been through ups and downs and, and he's uh, it, not emotionally, but, but in terms of the experiences that he's had, you know, and, but, but there was so, there was so to, to have the conversation that we, I was lucky enough to have with him, I thought was a great honor. And, and also was me hearing him sort of position some of that stuff in a way that I hadn't heard him do before. So mm. that, that was a real delight actually to be able to do that. And I thought he came across incredibly eloquently and very thoughtfully. Mm, yeah, very, very much so. So how, I was trying to get a sense of how old he might be then, Roshan, without... Yeah, I, I'm, so you're, you're, he's mid-20s? 20, yeah, 23, 24 now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in fact, yes, I think he probably won't... Yeah, I think he's 24. He might even be coming up to 25, actually. But he's, he's yeah, literally yeah, cool. that sort of, you know, he went straight from sixth form into uni, did his, uh, his five years there, and is now just finished his first year as, uh, as actually in, in, as, as a qualified doctor. Mm-hmm. and and your conversation got off to a fascinating start and I, I, I was i was reminded of actually the start of the conversation you had with one of the very early podcasts that you did with tatiana where you were setting the foundations for the conversation and that that, that first exchange was um it kind of set the tone um uh, you, you were asking roshan about now his views on niche as success. Yes. And he kind of threw it back at you and said, yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean niche as success? And, and maybe hadn't seen um, himself as somebody who had found his niche. And I, I, that was the way it came across. I, I don't know, was that your sense of it in, in the conversation too? Or? I'm not sure he wasn't, there wasn't a little bit of devilment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he was... I, I, I know that he listens to the podcast, um, you know, and I'm grateful that, that he does, but I, I, I'm not so sure he wasn't playing a little bit of uh, devil's advocate there. Um, but, it, but, but rightly so in the sense that, you know, if we're talking about niche, what do we mean? And if we're talking about success, what do we mean? And, and I think that's, that, that is, that's the right challenge to make because, mm. to your point, you know, he may well be somebody at this age and stage in his, his career who, who doesn't necessarily know that he's either found a niche or or views where he is particularly successfully. I, I think he's, he's, pretty a hum, he's a pretty humble guy. Yeah. Um, I think most people would look at what he's achieved and go, you know, for, for a 24-year-old, 25-year-old, you, you, you know, you can, you can tick the success box quite happily. Um, mm. But I, I think it was both him toying with me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, but also to explore the, just the very context itself. Yeah, yeah. And, and so... Uh, 
what were the main outtakes from the conversation for you then, Glenn? I think the reason why I really wanted to, ha to have Rosh on was, was, was that, that onto the programme was, A, he fits the profile of the audience that we're, you know, we're, we're trying to connect with really well. So, you know, we're, we're a really broad church. We don't mind who's listening. In fact, you know, the more the merrier, generally the more the merrier. But I think there are particular um, episodes that will suit, you know, different people at different stages of their career, right? So mm. developing niche, you know, I might argue I'm still trying to work out mine and I'm yeah. very much not yeah. in Rosh's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. age group. But I do think the other thing is that, you know, we've got lots of people who are working through their career at different stages when we know that portfolio careers, which I know is something you know a lot about, um, you know, seems to be very trendy and very on, on very much part of the working life of people. You know, how do you create a niche and what are the upsides of doing that and what are the downsides? And I love this blend of, I love the debate around, you know, is it important to be a generalist or mm. is there still lots of value in becoming a deep specialist? Mm. And those things seem like they're mutually exclusive. I think one of the things that we took away from the conversation was actually even things that on the surface look like they're specialisms, like mm. medicine. Mm. When you go down below the first surface of that assumption, you actually mm. see that they're still massively general in the sense that, you know, there is, if you say medicine, it's not a single thing. There is not, mm. there's not one version of medicine. Mm. He mm. described, you know, tens of things that you could do. Yeah. Even under that single, what seems like a very specialised bracket. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that was something to hold on to, which is, you know, and I'm, I've spoken to people in the armed forces, for example, and, you know, you think <coughs> you go into the army. Well, actually, you do, you do go into the army, but you, you think of all the different things you could be in, in the army even, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. there's something around, to, be a, to, to find a niche actually is not something where you might be painted into a corner and I think mm. that was one of the things that he described really well was that it's not a restraining thing, actually. You, there is still so much choice. Mm. But perhaps because you have a deep knowledge of something, you know, you're able to access certain choices that people who don't have the same depth of knowledge can access. It, mm. it, it's, it's a, it feels a bit weird, but, you know, kind of the deeper you go, the greater the choice you have. Yeah. Yeah, and that would be true, uh, would it not, for, for most of the larger organisations that we work with. You know, within the organisation itself, there's a massive amount of opportunity to, to diversify, to, to, to experiment with your career. And, and I think many of the people, certainly I work with, are, come to see themselves boxed into a place which is like, you know, I'm running IT or I'm... I'm 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 a I'm a player in the marketing department, but don't really see the broader opportunity within the organisation to work in other functions or, or or take on project leadership roles. Or it's it's not necessary to leave an organisation in order to um, yeah in in order to further your career and develop yourself. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that hundred percent. And I, I think one of the things that um, it may be true, and I wonder if you're seeing any of this or whether you would agree with it, is that Roche mentioned the impact of AI and technology. Mm, he did, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as some jobs disappear, mm. um, actually your ability to be re-skilled, let's say, rather than actually that you currently own a set of transferable skills. You do, by the way, but, you know, even if you, you don't think you do, you know, do you have the openness 
mm. uh, which I thought he portrayed brilliantly, um, mm. which was an openness to, I want to pursue this, I want to pursue it deeply, I want to do it in the very best way that I can, but I'm not closed to other opportunities. Mm. I wonder whether that's a brilliant mindset and they'll set yeah. him up brilliantly. Yeah. The challenge that faces a lot of people in the workforce, which is, you know, if I see myself in the silos, as you've just described them, and it's, it's IT or nothing, mm. you could find yourself in a fairly sticky situation, you know, give, give that five or 10 years time, I guess. Would, would you, A, would you agree? And B, do you, do, are you starting to see any of, any of that? Yeah, yeah I, 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 think people, I think people are waking up to this. And, uh, I, and, and, and this idea, and I think mostly, it's not the organisation that does it, it's most, mostly we do it to ourselves. Right. Um, somewhat unconsciously, I think, which is which is to label ourselves almost too much into a niche, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and where the niche can become unhelpful, um, and we, because because we're doing that, because we only see ourselves in one way, you know, yes. Uh, yes. The, the guy with the green shirt who who sits in accounting, uh, you start to box yourself into that. You stop seeing the other multiple opportunities that exist or are floating around in front of your eyes if, if you had them open. Mm. And, and I think that's a, that you're right. That's what he described, this openness to multiple opportunities yeah. within the discipline or outside of the discipline um, if you're awake enough to spot them. Um, and he talked about, didn't he, uh, you know, there are many potential specialities mm. within, within this almost one discipline. Um, that, that he was talking about. Um, so yeah, I, th- I thought that was a that was a massive outtake. And 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 and, and so what what else what else, Glenn? And the, and, uh, it, um, rightly, um, I think as advice for people who perhaps might be earlier in their career, he talked a lot about self awareness and understanding your own mm. drivers, passions, values, mm. uh, preferences, and skills. And and I mm. think that's a really good um, insight, which is. Yeah, yeah. My assumption, and I'm very happy to be proved wrong, is that you will still have greater value in the market by developing, not necessarily a niche for a. Back to our point, not necessarily a niche within a very narrow, narrowly defined version, but actually, you know, a set of skills that separates you from the crowd. I think that will probably be a very good thing. And what Mm. he's suggesting is the easiest way to do that, or at least the way that he. Did it was you know through a, um, a great sense of self-awareness around what he wanted to do what his skills and values were and of course <clears throat> his parents who i know well too and they're lovely uh, people very supportive I, i've got no doubt his self-awareness you know was brought around greatly by their own they've both got very high levels of eq his parents so i'm i'd be surprised if that wasn't a you know massive trade-off there so i think self-awareness um having a really important role in both defining and pursuing your niche was was an important insight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I was wondering whether either of his parents are medics, too. Is that no, it? no, they're not. Mm. Um, they're not. But that, the, but I, they they they're very supportive. Um, they're both lovely people, and they're very supportive. And I, and I, you could see how he's ended up, you know, pursuing something that was his passion as he said you know um, identified at the age of 12 yeah yeah um i think yeah. there's something else that struck me which i which i did ring a uh, ring a certain sort of memory bell for me which was this idea that um you know it's not a sacrifice if it leads to a better end result mm. you know and and it it sparked a memory for me about you know when i was pursuing my 
sport sporting career as an early a late teenager and early 20s you know I, I would genuinely be out and partly it was a personal preference thing not to go to parties because that wasn't really my thing but mm. also I would be training or competing or whatever and but I didn't see it as a sacrifice no. lots of Olympia I know you you're mad keen on sport as well you, you hear lots of Olympic sports athletes particularly you know when they're interviewed after four years of giving up you know four years solely dedicated to going from one Olympics to the next they don't see it as a sacrifice. They no. see it as part of the process of achieving what they want to achieve. Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder now you've said that, you know, when you start to see it as a sacrifice, is, is it game over? Mm. You know, when, when other things start to look more attractive, you know, going to the party or, or yeah. going on holiday rather than going to a training camp, when those things start to, to look more appealing than 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 uh, what you what you thought you had passion for um yeah. whether it's you know that's the start of decline i don't know i don't know it's just an no, interesting really thought good yeah no it's a really good shout and and there are, there'll be all sorts of things that go on in your life but you know let alone everything else won't there that that, that might prompt those shifts in emphasis yeah. and shifts in you know um the enjoyment factor that goes with it or whatever yeah, yeah i think so that's a really that could be your you know your little radar system that goes off yeah. when you you know as an alert that suggests you might need to think about whether this yeah. this is it's still a, right yeah that's really yeah, cool. is it the right thing or at least reframe somehow yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the one other thing that i i he and i both got into a little bit at the end and perhaps we could have spent even more time on it was this assumption that we hear a lot, um, and you would know this very well from the work that you do, that there is a discourse, which I think is really unhelpful. And that the discourse goes something like this. If you're a strong specialist and you're really good technically, you know, you're, you're unlikely to be good as a leader because you probably mm. don't do people very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it particularly in the NHS when, when, people who aren't consultants refer to consultants and and i there may be some truth in it but I, but i think also you can buy into the narrative right and and you know we we know that i know you would just raise down an example of somebody in the accounts but you know the, there are people who have what are deemed to be highly technical roles mm. where some of the assumption that goes with that is you can't make a great leader because you're probably not going to do people very well yeah and i think that does everybody in those technical roles a massive disservice yeah yeah and certainly i've come across many organizations now who have uh, what they would call a leadership ladder in the organization and a technical ladder right and, and the intention is a good one which is in order to to grow in, in the sense of being promoted right um, and to make your way up an organization that you you can do that through growing your technical expertise as, as, as well as taking on more and more management responsibility or taking on more and more direct reports. So there are two ways to do it. And the, it's well-intentioned, but, 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 but what it does, I think, is what you're, what you're saying is, is, is it, it, it sort of it's, it, it forces you to make a, a split hmm. in, in how you work very, on, uh, very early on in your career for some people, um, when in fact, you know, we ought to be able to find a way for people to combine technical expertise with with management. Those things can go together. They're not mutually exclusive. And uh, uh, and maybe it's just too difficult to see it that way, you know? Um, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we do, we do 
there's a lot of people who will say, you know, I, I love doing what I do technically, but you know, the, the classic thing is the better you get at something technically, the further away you end up being from the thing that you, that you love. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I think the one thing that leadership development, if you want to call it that does really badly is market the upside of becoming a leader. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you're in a very technical role, you know, um, and you're thinking about starting your first management or leadership position, um, there's not a lot of <laughs> there's not a lot of positive spin uh, on you know the upside. In fact, if I was being really um, cynical, which is not my natural state, you know, <laughs> but if I was, you know, you, you you hear people saying, "Well, it's, it's not even worth the money for all the ha- for all the ha- that you know all the hassle isn't paid isn't uh, you know isn't met by the additional wage." Mm. I go, "Wow, that's how you're gauging." you know, the importance of stepping up. And I'm not suggesting, by the way, that everybody should be leader. I think this, that, to your point, it is quite a gnarly topic to kind of work out, you know, how to get the best of both worlds. I think all I'm suggesting is let's stop the narrative that suggests just because you're in a technical space, you know, and, and you've defined a niche and you're becoming quite deep in that space, you couldn't be an incredibly good leader. We've we both seen loads of those. Yeah, and I wonder in in the NHS, you know, it is probably it's probably a classic example of actually of of the requirement to to be let's put some labels on it, you know, a great technical expert and be a great people person. Yes. I'm I'm not sure that you can be a great consultant or a great GP and not have great people skills or. Um, um, you're going at some point. You're going to be leading a team of people, whether it's in general practice or whether it's in the consultant room or in the theatre. Yes, um, yes. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, those things have to combine there, don't they, for to deliver success? Yeah, and you know, I, I think there there is the argument back to that will be, you know, frankly, I don't really care very much as long as you save me or you make mm. me feel better. I think that's the that, the problem is that's such a low bar to set. Mm. And it doesn't, to your point, doesn't enable somebody then to build a team, a highly effective team around them. What you end Mm. up with is a lot of sort of mini-me's who are just, you know, they're leading or they're operating, I mean operating in the broader sense, you know, in the same way that they've seen their consultant or their leader do. Um, I I think those things are not mutually exclusive by any stretch. And you certainly, with to take it back to Roshan specifically, you, you definitely got the sense of, you know, his love of the discipline and the profession mm. um, and his humanity. You, yes. You've got a real strong sense of those two things combining in, in, in the way he came, ac- he came across. Yeah. A hundred percent. You're absolutely, you're absolutely spot on. And that's, that is why I, I, if he, if he decides to pursue whatever route, you know, going forward um, and, but stays within medicine, I think medicine will be much better off for somebody like Roche being in it than not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I was as he was telling his story. I I was the something was happening to me, and I think it, I think it's um, I just think it's interesting that you people t- they they probably don't do that, but that just for the sake of it, let's make it let's make it uh, polar. So you've got this camp of people who, as you say, very early on, find out what their passion is and what they care about and what matters to them, and they. They find their niche, they find their metier very early, mm. typically in, in teenage years, sometimes earlier than that, um, and they pursue that path with passion. Mm. 
And then you have this other group of people who have no clue. Um, and and as he was talking and describing how he he was seeing um, his career unfolding and how he how he was beginning to look at it and where he wanted to take it from here, I thought, wow, you know, how great that that you have so much certainty. Yes. And and I wonder with with your experience of working with a, a, at least as many people over the years as I have, you know, for how many it for what proportion that's the case I, 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 you know career career seems to be for most of the people i come across anyway much more muddled right. uh, and experimental uh and to be discovered yeah. um, uh, and in fact not a lot of certainty <laughs> i don't know what's your, what's your experience around that it's a, it's a really good point david i think the thing that the reason why i asked rosh to come on board was and and have a chat with us is that i think medicine is a is one of the relatively few fields where people might know that that's what they want to do relatively early. So there's a kind of, there is still a vocational element to medicine. Um, mm. You might equally be struck, you know, very early on, like Heidi Jo Summers was our artist who, who mm. you know, that, you know, from the very early age, she wanted to be an artist, simple mm. as, you know. So mm. I think there are people who perhaps in certain quite specific fields might i don't know whether the fields lend themselves if you see yeah yeah earlier decision about pursuing that as your niche than others mm. um but I, I, yeah I, so i don't i don't know the answer to that but i just uh, the reason i think he was a great guest was that if there are many of us who are muddled about that what could we learn from somebody who had defined their niche at least at this point in his life that was the route he was pursuing and he was clear about it what mm. could we learn if we are in a position ourselves of feeling we're a little bit of a crossroads or to your point a little bit muddled about it yeah because of his sense of clarity around it yeah yeah absolutely and and just to finish off on roshan specifically i uh, uh, it was almost a throwaway to, at the end of your conversation with him which was which was, you know, something about what it feels like to know that you've done something well at the end of each day. <laughs> and I thought that was really cool. I just, just you, know, you know you when you're, when you've found your niche, when you feel that way. At the end of the day, you sit down and you, you know, have your cup of tea or a glass of wine or whatever, and you go, well, it feels good. It just feels good. And it's been difficult. It's been challenging. But I know I've done something well today. And I think that's, that's a... a, a yeah, I don't, it's just a great way to reflect on whether, you, whether you're working in the right space, isn't it? It is. It's and it, it reminded me of several other podcasts that we've had, you know, whether it was mm. rowers going across the uh, mm. Atlantic, you know, feeling that, um, you know, that sort of uh, difficult, challenging situation was the thing that allows you to sit, you know, the, your beer tastes good at the end of the day kind of comment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ashley Abernathy's conversation again. I'm just reminded of something he said about you know having world class people on a team, you know, for whom we've finished the day knowing that you've done really, really good work. Mm. So I think it's interesting because you might have struck on what was a, a bit of a throwaway line, but but actually, I wonder whether that's a, a bit of a red thread that might yeah. run through many, many, many of mm. the podcasts, um, which is that sense of satisfaction that comes from you know and if we use tatiana's word you know for a fulfilled day yeah 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 no great good stuff um 
Ola, I wonder if we can connect some of this thinking then to to the Leadership as Success podcast, um, Glenn, where you were answering people's direct questions mm. um, w- without, you know, literally walking back through each of those areas that you covered. What, 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 what would you say in summary of, um, of that specific podcast um, that would be helpful here? I think the, 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 probably the, the consistent theme really was a sense of uncertainty that people have either about the context in which they're working and leading or about themselves. And, uh, you know, all I tried to do was to give people some tips that might help give them a greater sense of certainty. Um, a bit difficult to do that at a kind of macro level, but certainly, um, you know, personally. So, you know, there, there was, I'm, I'm so busy, I'm feeling completely overwhelmed. There's a sort of uncertainty, therefore, that goes with that, which is I'm not really sure how to respond in this kind of environment. Um, mm. uh, we talked about the topic of diversity, mm. which is something that you and I addressed in Leader ID, um, I think in the same way that I responded to it in the, on the website, uh, sorry, in the podcast. Um, you know, there's so much change going on, I find it hard to know what to focus on. Um, not being great with data, which I think is quite a specific one. That's probably the one that sits outside of, of the, the example that I've given. You know, and I don't want to step up to the next level of leadership. You know, mm. I'm, I'm uncertain about, you know, my, my future. And I think that uncertainty probably, n- n- not surprisingly, perhaps, you know, was a, a bit of a theme that sows all those, or at least four out of the five of those together. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and therefore, it's kind of a summary thought, therefore, might be, well, if, if you're facing uncertainty, what are your choices mm. you know, what are, what, what, in, in terms of how you respond? Yeah. Um, and I wonder whether, you know, in, in, your, in all the conversations we've had with people on these podcasts and, uh, and at our live events, what what we can say about that you know because uncertainty i'm not sure that's going to go away i'm not sure that's going to change anytime soon um so what's an appropriate response have you got any sense from your experience of summary thought there i I have to be a little bit careful here because i know that sometimes i i am not uh as subtly attuned to uncertainty as i might be what i mean by that is I, i tend to see things as you know glass half full or yes we can you know with a kind of yes we can mentality but sometimes i know that i don't take stock enough mm. so I, I think with that caveat in mind um one of the things i would suggest is that you know is the uncertainty real you know is the scale of the uncertainty that you're feeling kind of accurate and how would you test that um and is some of and how much of that uncertainty is about you versus the the real external factors if that makes sense mm. um i think if that depending on your answers to some of those types of questions mm. Mm. that'll drive um the solutions i think one of the regardless however one of the ways to do that is to break is in my view is to break everything down you know mm. what do you know you know what don't you know and if we picked off all the things that you don't know which would be the things that if you made a difference to or you could you could find a way around find mm. a way to to resolve you know, it would help reduce that sense of uncertainty and give you greater clarity. Yeah. It, it is, there is no, I, I can say without fear of contradiction, although <laughs> you're probably going to not contradict me, I can say without fear of contradiction that um, one of the most common responses I get at the end of uh, coaching sessions uh, with leaders in organisations is, wow, I, I, 
at least I can now see the wood for the trees and I've got a better plan about how I'm going to go forward. Whether yeah. that's about personal development or a thing, you know, a, a something they need to achieve. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and that's probably because what we've done is rem increase the certainty by increasing clarity. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I would, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree there, and I certainly wouldn't contradict. Uh, I, would, I would add, uh, and, and I would add, sometimes we just don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and there's only so much sitting with a thought that, that, that you can do before it becomes frustrating. Yeah. Um, and, and it has the opposite effect. It, 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 it drives you further and further into your shell. So at some point, it's, it's, it's acknowledging to yourself that you've done enough thinking. Now is the time to, to go out and try some stuff, yeah. to, to go out and experiment. Um, and um, to discover what works for you through experimentation. And I, and I think in all those areas that you picked off, the overwhelm, the diversity, the change, the data, the stepping up, and even if you are one of these people who is struggling to find your niche, thinking about it, um, doing some mindfulness work around it, um, really important. But actually, there's no substitute in, for going out and trying some stuff and experimenting, experimenting and learning and discovering from trying. Yeah. Um, it's about getting the balance right between those two things, isn't it? Uh, yeah, agreed. <clears throat> I, I, I couldn't have put that better myself, so I'm not, not going to try. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, because mm. I think it comes back to a point made earlier, which is you and I are, are practical, practitioners, yeah. you know, and practitioners and 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 believers because we've seen it work so many times that yes you could sit down and have a you know a discussion with a leader about their situation or about the possibilities nothing much is going to change if, until you go out try stuff mm. um close the feedback loop about how it went and why it went as it went and then go back and try it again you yeah. know yeah absolutely seems to be such an important part of getting clarity i think yeah yeah brilliant Good, Glenn. Um, thanks, thanks for that summary. And, and so what's coming up? What can we look forward to in the next few weeks? So um, I think September's going to be um, really cool. We're, we're coming towards the, towards the end of um, season two, and um, I'm going to publish on glennpwallace.com um, the sort of format for future sessions, both for the Success ID live events and for the podcast. So in the next couple of weeks, there'll be something on there for people to kind of have a look at so that they can kind of plan which sessions, that, you know, which podcasts they might particularly want to listen to, because we fully accept that um, a listening to a podcast, perhaps one of many every week is quite an ask, but also there are just some themes that resonate with people more than others. I, I absolutely get that. We knew that when we, when we set it up. So I think that might be helpful for people. Yeah. Um, we've got um, a London-based physiotherapist um, does a lot of work in psychology and does a lot of work around pain. Richmond Stace coming to talk about a uh, connection of yours, I know, coming to talk about pain and understanding pain as success um, mm. is really lively, energetic, clear, thoughtful um, person, having spoken to him a couple of times on the phone, and, and uh, I think he'll be fantastic. Mm. Um, we also have uh, somebody coming to talk about mindfulness. Um, as success, really excellent coach um, that's been both inside organisations and is now 
set himself up outside of that space and is going to talk to us. Um, so David will come along and have a chat, not you, David. Um, <laughs> David will come and have a chat with us about that. Uh, and John Evans is a sword master who spent five years in, a, um, in India studying yoga and meditation and then went to study in Japan in the Misty Mountains uh, to become a sword master. Wow. And is going to talk to us about... Well, there's so much he and I could talk about because he's written books and, and he's got a, such a wide range of areas to talk about. But we're, we're going to talk about this idea of um, following a path and your own, I'm going to use the J word because it actually feels right here, following a sort of journey of your own life and, and development yeah. um, and something called shugyo, which is a Japanese word for that kind of process. So that should be really interesting too. Fantastic. I uh, look forward to that. Uh, and Glenn, just a reminder to people, uh, I know you, 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 we just talked about the podcast you did where you answered people's questions. Yep. But can they post questions then per, for future podcasts that you might do in that same style? Yeah, so that's a really good point. Thank you. I, I, what I'm going to do is on um, Twitter, uh, at Glenn P. Wallace, and on Instagram, at Glenn P. Wallace, at different points, um, but you can do it any, you know, DM me or just, you know, just email me, um, Glenn at glennpwallace.com, um, any questions you might have. But I think, you know, it's quite fun to, you know, the whole point of social media is the, is the social bit. So, uh, yeah. you know, post questions there. And, I, you know, I might give you an insight if you've got a pressing issue that you want an answer for there and then, you know, I'll happily answer it there if I can. But equally, you know, we can collate some of those and, you know, let's say every, I don't know, Every couple of months, we'll do one of those leadership of success um, episodes based on the questions that people send us. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Great, Glenn. Thanks very much for this. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next month on the September mashup. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this week's Success ID podcast. To subscribe to the show, please visit our website at glennpwallace.com and click on the Success ID podcast tab where you'll find each episode. And don't forget to subscribe via Stitcher, iTunes and Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave us a positive review, follow us on social media and most importantly, perhaps take the advice from this episode so that you can lead yourself and others even more successfully. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode next week.